Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And today, I want to address some more listener questions. I have quite a stack of them on my desk. And um, since Dewey's not available to co-host with me today, you're stuck with just me. Me and you wonderful listeners that have excellent things to ask. I want to start with an email from Diane. Diane says, most of us with most of us with cats who are attempting to destroy furniture have tried all these solutions, multiple scratching posts in different rooms with multiple surfaces, sisal fabric, etc., double-sided tape, redirecting, cat deterrent spray, water bottle, yelling at the cat, though I fear this will just make them wary of us and not the couch. What else is there? We've not tried nail caps yet, but are there other solutions we've not yet tried? We even have another cat who only uses the scratching posts, so we have a feline example of appropriate behavior. These are excellent questions, Diane, and you guys have already done a lot right in in what you're doing, but I do have some other things for you to consider. So first of all, know that over 80% of cats in a multi-cat house scratch inappropriately. And that's mostly because scratching is a territorial marker, right? Cats have scent glands in their feet. And so scratching is, is, I mean, it does other things too. Of course, it's getting rid of the dead ends of the nail, the nail sheaths. It's also giving your cat a very important back stretch. Cats like to stretch out nice and long and tall and get a good back scratch, stretch. But they're also, and more importantly, in a multi-cat home, which it sounds like you have, um, are leaving a territorial scent behind. Remember that scent is like the most important thing to cats. And so they use it to mark their territory. In the wild, they'll use urine and feces in the areas around the perimeter of their territory. And they'll also scratch there because that's leaving a unique scent behind that says, this is mine, right? So there are some other things that you can do, starting with where you put the scratching post. It is great that you have multiple ones and that you have them in different places, but think about where you place it, because scratching is a territorial gesture, right? If your cats are seeing cats outside, then place those scratching posts by doors and windows. You can also place the posts outside of areas leading to resources like litter boxes and food and water. If you foster cats, this is a great tip. I like to put a scratching post outside the door that leads to the foster room. That way your cat can scratch out there and let out that aggression and say, this is mine, this is my place. Don't you guys get comfortable staying here? I have a scratching post that's actually right next to the cat door that leads outside to the catio. 
Because if he's on the catio and he sees another cat, or in our case, probably bobcats, if he's seeing other cats, um, and he comes back in or is going out there, I want him to have the ability to mark in territorial gesture at that at that door where he's seeing them. I have another tall scratching post by our big sliding glass doors that go out onto the back patio because that would be the place that he would most likely see other cats and that is where he would want to leave that territorial gesture. So positioning is very important. If they're seeing cats outside, place them by doors and windows or cat doors. And if you have a multi-cat household, think about positioning them on the way to the pathway and you'll watch how your cats, you know, where they like to to path and traverse the most and put that scratching post on the way to the resources. Another important thing is, is the height and configuration of a scratching post, right? Like I said, the cat's got to be able to fully stretch out to get that back stretch that they need. And so that's like at least 36 inches. I, I really, taller than that is even better, but minimum a 36 inch tall scratching post. And then some cats like vertical posts and others like horizontal posts. And like my cat Pico, he likes both. He's got a big horizontal, one of those corrugated cardboard ones. I put uh, catnip down in there. He loves that one. He gets on it and stretches out and scratches. And then he also uses his vertical ones. So I would probably provide both just so that you've got a variety of options there. And then, like you said, material is really important and very individual to, to cat's taste, right? Some like the sisal rope, some like carpet, you know, it's some like the cardboard. So if they are scratching something in particular, like, you know, dining room chairs or the back of the sofa or something like that, go to the fabric store and buy fabric that as close as you can that matches that texture and then wrap that around the post. And then if they use it, you know that that's a substrate preference, right? That's That's what they like. So definitely try that as well. And then, you know, for deterrence, um, there's, I think there's a better material than that double-sided tape. I tried using that double-sided tape once and, and just absolutely stripped. I, I have leather, but not real leather sofas. It's, you know, pleather, naga hide, something like that. Anyway, I had a foster that was scratching the front of it. And I put double-sided tape on it. And then the foster went away and I didn't have scratching problems anymore. And I pulled the tape off and the whole top layer of the of the leather surface came off with the tape. So be real careful with that double-sided tape. There's another product called, uh, I think it's Milu. It, it, it's kind of strange. If you go to my YouTube channel and look at product reviews, I review it there and show you. Um, that part of my couch actually that that has that came off with the tape and uh, and how to use it. So it's not really sticky on the outside. It's sticky on one side, but then it's plastic covering. I really like that. So you try that as a deterrent. Another thing you can use as a deterrent are of those uh, plastic carpet runners that have the little spikes in them. You can get them at the hardware store and just cut them to whatever size you need, poke holes in the corner, and then use like upholstery screws to, to keep those in place over the places that they are 
you know, that they're scratching. But be real careful because if you just use deterrence with a cat, it doesn't go over really well. With cats, I always say, you got to say, do this, not that. So if you're going to put a deterrent up, give them a new scratching post that's really tall or something of a different fabric, or just say, I want you to do this right here, not that. So remember that deterrents really need to be used hand in hand with whatever it is you want them to do. And then keep their nails trimmed. You know, that's always important. That that kind of cuts down on a little um, scratching. I like the Zen Clipper. We sell them at our store. If you go to the Behavior Boutique on catbehaviorsolutions.org, you'll see those clippers there. And they are really wonderful because then you don't over trim. And it makes keeping their nails trimmed much, much simpler. And, and, you know, you mentioned water bottle and yelling at them. Boy, don't, don't punish them for doing a natural behavior, right? That's, that's really not fair because cats have to scratch. And if they're scratching furniture, then we have failed to provide them with a surface or location or whatever that they, that they like. And it is natural behavior. So reward for when they do use the post, it's always, always appropriate to, you know, positively reinforce behavior that you want to see more of. But you you do also run the risk of scratching becoming an attention-seeking behavior if you pay a lot of attention to it. So that's the other reason why not to, um, you know, to, to pay attention to them when they're scratching and go over and and talk to them or whatever, any kind of punishment is seen as, aha, I got your attention. So it's important to ignore that, pay attention to what you're doing in terms of providing alternative behaviors, but reward the good behavior and ignore the bad. Thank you, Diane, for sending that question. And that's that was a very good question. And um, you outlined very well what, what you guys were already doing. And I hope this helps solve your problem. So I got another email here, um, and an interesting, interesting email. It says we're having we need some information to pass along to our our clients. Right? She said um, we we need to know why cats need clean water. She says I think I have this covered, but it's not really behavior related issue. Um, I have a good start on a blog for this, but if you had any podcast or other materials, that would be great. And this is from, from Kirsten. So Kirsten, as far as clean water goes, hydration is super, super, super important in cats. When you feed cats dry food, they are very dehydrated. Think about what their natural source of hydration is in the wild. Their prey, birds, rodents, things like that, are about 75 to 80% water content in those carcasses, and dry food is maybe 5%. So if you are feeding dry food or more than about 40% of their total diet dry food, cats are going to be really, really thirsty. Remember that they are descendants of desert cats, so they don't, they're not programmed with a real strong thirst drive in the first place. So they tend to stay mildly dehydrated. And I know your question isn't about nutrition, so I won't go too much into that. But, but when they are thirsty, 
they don't like dirty water bowls. If you stick your finger down in the bottom of your cat's water bowl, chances are you're going to feel kind of a slimy film coating on the bottom and the sides of the bowl. That's not unusual. Cats have an incredible amount of bacteria in their mouth. And so when they're lapping up water, of course, that bacteria gets in the water from their from their tongues and it'll grow and it leaves a real slimy surface. Well, they can smell that and they don't like it. To them, they walk up to that and go, that water's not clean and they don't want to drink it. Hence them wanting to drink out of faucets and your cups because they're cleaner and, you know, sometimes even toilets because that can even be cleaner. So it's real important to keep that water bowl fresh. Scrub it daily, right? Just like you do their food bowls. You know, you, you clean their food bowls after every meal because you don't want bacteria to build up in that. It's the same thing with water. So we need to make sure that those water bowls are super clean. I just keep mine up on the kitchen counter. He's going to get up there anyway, and that's not a battle I choose to fight. So I let him get up there and I put the water bowl right next to the sink so that it's very handy. And I have a visual reminder every morning. Okay, scrub out the water bowl, replace it with fresh water. So he's got it. Now, you know, my cat doesn't eat dry food, so he doesn't really drink a lot of water. But when he does... I don't want him to have any deterrents or obstacles to drinking that. Sometimes fountains work really well. Some cats like to have that moving water. And of course, those filters in there, those charcoal filters will keep the water fresh longer. But fountains are hard to clean. You know, when you feel that slime on your water bowl, think about the fountain. It's going to be all over the motors and the cords and all the little pieces. So it, it, it makes a real high maintenance thing, in my opinion. I just keep a simple bowl, you know, that way I can clean it a lot easier and I know that it's always clean all the time. So I hope that helps you answer questions about why clean water is so important because we got to want them to drink it. Here's a question from Robert. Robert says, I have a year old female medium hair calico cat. She's awesome and grooms herself regularly. I give her a good but not too firm brushing with a metal tine brush. I give her some treats that say it's good for her coat. My question is if there's anything else you recommend to help her fur and not to shed so much. Good question, Robert. There are a couple things and this kind of relates to to the water. Um, So first of all, you know, omega-3s, are not only just great supplements for our cats, but in fish oil added to the food is really good because it hydrates them all the way out to their skin. So their skin is supple and it's not as dry, which will help with some shedding. So definitely add fish oil to the food. Um, If you're feeding dry food, then I would recommend feeding, you know, a wet canned or raw food diet so that the cat is getting all that extra moisture in the coat and the skin isn't as dry. That that keeps it from, from shedding as much. And make sure her environment is low stress because that's the other thing that increases shedding in cats. Any kind of anxiety or stress in an environment will make a cat shed more. I know when in the shelter, I we see cats that are shedding a lot And people will come in and go, wow, well, this cat's really shedding a lot. I don't know if it's going to work for me. And I always try to to point out that 
you know, this is a very stressful situation and a very stressful environment for cats. So, you know, it's going to shed a lot more here than it will in your home. And um, so low stress is is very, very, very important. And there's lots of things you can do. You know, if you're gone during the day, a lot of cats will get separation anxiety or stress when when their caretakers aren't there. And there are things you can do like leaving cat TV on YouTube channel on for your cat while you leave or some light piano classical music is really good for them. iCalm Pet has great stress relieving tracks specifically for cats. Um, Leave them foraging opportunities, anything to kind of diffuse some of that pent up energy that they're undoubtedly going to get by being, you know, alone or in a home all day long. So we we have lots of other podcasts on how to reduce stress. Um, and, and we have, by the way, a kind of a category, I'll call it the cat agory of podcasts. If you go to our website, there's a drop down link under the cat talk radio tab that takes you to the category page and you'll find it easily there. All right. I have another email that was sent by uh, Janine from Calgary Humane. Big shout out to our friends at Calgary Humane. She says, I seem to be getting a lot of clients whose cats are aggressive towards them or fearful. Their vets are telling them it's behavioral. And the latest one said it was likely genetic. Whatever the reason their vets are asking them to medicate their cat before they come back into the clinic. When working with these cats in the home, can a probiotic, like what's in Purina's Calming Care, help normalize some of these cats with anxiety and fear? Of course, when used on a regular basis. I will assume this depends on many other factors, but can you maybe offer some insight? This is an interesting question. And and things like the calming care and pheromone diffusers certainly do help, but it's not going to stop a cat from being aggressive. When a cat's aggressive, there's something seriously wrong, usually in the environment. And aggression's a very complicated cat behavior issue with so many contributing factors, right? That cat could be in pain. It could be reacting from a place of previous trauma. They might not be able to exercise natural behaviors in the home, which is causing a lot of pent-up energy, which then displays itself as aggression. They might not like to be touched in the ways or as frequently as the owner wants. And you may be seeing, you know, overstimulation or petting-induced aggression. They might feel like their territory is threatened. And many, many other potential causes of stress. There's just so many things. In fact, aggression cases are so complicated. There's a lot of behavior specialists out there who just won't take them because they take so long to resolve. You know, getting to that issue can sometimes be be challenging and take a lot of a lot of slow work. So in addition, it's really challenging for a vet to diagnose pain in a cat. So typically I like to ask vets if you've got a cat that has some aggression behavior issues, if they could prescribe some gabapentin, right, to, to put the cat on at home, not just for the vet visit, but potentially long term. 
at least to see if that makes a difference, right? I like to do that while we're working on a behavior case, trying to find the source of the stress that's leading to the aggression. That just kind of takes the edge off a little bit. Not a lot of gabapentin, just a little bit, just enough to take the edge off, not enough to make the cat drowsy or drugged or anything like that. And then if we suspect that there might be some underlying pain involved, well, then you can up the dosage of the gabapentin and see if that makes a difference. And if it does, typically that means the source of that was pain and we can start digging a little deeper in that. But, you know, any of these things that are targeting symptoms are in no way addressing the real issue, like pheromone diffusers and calming care, right? That's that's just like, I don't know, taking aspirin for cancer pain or something, right? It's it's just, you've got to get to the source of why is a cat being aggressive in the home? And of course, an aggressive cat in the home is certainly going to be, you know, aggressive in a, in a veterinary office where they're out of their territory and feeling even more frightened and out of sorts. So, I get that that's an issue, but aggression is very complicated. Again, there are many podcasts on aggression in in our history. This is our 219th podcast, by the way. So there's a couple in there on aggression if you go to that index page and uh, and try to find that. So that's good. That's probably a good place to stop today. I have a lot of these and we'll keep doing these episodes from time to time, but I thought uh, this was a good opportunity to sneak uh, episode of listener questions in. So I appreciate you turning tuning into me today. And thank you for continuing to support us and listen to Cat Talk Radio. It's a nonprofit business. There are no salaries paid out of Cat Behavior Solutions or Cat Talk Radio. This is all volunteer. I dedicate my time to changing cats' behavior in the home so that they are not rehomed or relinquished to shelters. And if you also care about that, feel free to send us a gratuity donation. It helps keep us on the air and it helps helps us to share products and things like that with so many people out there who can't afford to get things for their cat that they might that might improve themselves. So head on over to catbehaviorsolutions.org. Go to our behavior boutique. We've got lots of cool products there. Scroll down to the bottom and there's donation amounts you can add to your cart and check out with a credit card. We certainly appreciate you. And we're going to keep doing this as long as shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. So until next time, keep calm and purr on. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. 
All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.